Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Sunday Stroll Podcast, hosted by Cody Endel and me, Carrie White. Fracturing of professional golf, the upcoming U.S. Open, a new year of the pod coming soon, and most importantly, Cody's recent round at Cowboys Golf Club in Grapevine, Texas. But first, we want you to know that we are sponsored by nobody. That's right. We do not have a sponsor. And we would love to have you sponsor our podcast. Soon we'll be making a trip to visit a hard golf club in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Maxwell Jewel and visit with head professional Burton. Now we are personally putting this together personally for this trip, but we want to bring you more features like this. Uh, shoot us a message. Let us talk about how you can partner with us and create great content like this. Is that shameless enough? of an ad read that we would like love for a uh, love for you to give us money. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great intro right there. All right. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> it, it reminded yeah. me of Talladega nights when Ricky Bobby's car just says me. That's it. <laughs> Sponsored Listen, by I, me. I tell, I'm teaching a lot of those classes last week. <clears throat> Size and how many things fall in the category of the word they can say is no. Yes. I'm applying the same principle here. All right, quick break. We'll be back in just a second with the pod. Hey, everyone. I'm Carrie. And I'm Cody. And this is Sunday Stroll. Today, we are discussing a lot of things on in the world of golf some macro some micro um but most of kind of into this groove of sharing with you guys our experiences on the course, uh, which is kind of how we started this whole thing anyway uh and talk about our visit if anything goes right Cody and i um are gonna be able to visit some pretty here in the next uh, few weeks and cody just got back from one for his match that he does with some buddies and we're going to talk about that but we're also talk about just briefly because we did more oxen than it already has but we'll talk briefly about this factoring that's happening in the professional golf world between the pga tour uh and live uh we'll also talk a little bit about next week's u.s open which i'm very excited about and we'll talk about a new feature of the pod coming soon where we'll start sharing our of our favorite courses uh, and so let's jump into this. Cody just got back from Cowboys Golf Club. One. Okay, so you guys have been doing this uh, this match for the last several years. You move around the different courses. I'm I'm very fortunate and the beneficiary of all of the pregame text and hype and all this stuff, but everybody else out there is not. So give us the context, like set this up for us. How this all started how you got to where we are now, what's on the line, um, uh, who all's involved, and the places that, that you guys have been. Because you guys have been to some pretty cool places. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it all started six years ago. Uh, Zach got tickets to a Royals game from like a raffle or something like that. Uh -huh. and we were just like, well, let's go to Kansas City, watch the Royals play, and, you know, go play some golf. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we got – three of us together and I guess four, including Zach. Um, 
and put together what we thought would be a you know a pretty sporty match uh, between the four of us, uh, Jeff and I being on a team and Zach and Tommy, uh, and show up to the casino. We we stay at Ameristar, um, okay. the city when we play up there, uh, and started playing Shoal Creek, which is a public place up there in Kansas City. It's freaking awesome, by the way. Right. And uh, Jeff and I won the first year. Uh, and the the bet is never like a money bet. There's no like money being thrown into this. Yeah, it it is strictly bragging rights. And then the loser, like the losing team, has to buy dinner. And okay. That's, so I mean, there's I mean, it's bragging rights until the next year. That's that's one of the things that like I love about this is that we you and I have talked about how much we love the Ryder Cup and like I love events like this between but micro rider cups you know that it's just some buddies getting together some friends getting together once a year whatever it is and this friendly competition where there's like i said you, you know like you said nothing on the line but bragging rights like we're trying to do this right now like with like several guys across oklahoma and arkansas um and it's of course this the one we're trying to put together because we're it's like 20 guys all together um we just we have a sweet freaking trophy. We just haven't had anything to give it away yet. Um, but I love this, and we've had this conversation too. I love competitive golf, even if it's just between friends. And so, um, and I think this is probably um, we we just talked about this a minute ago. This is ninety nine percent of the competitive golf that's out there. It's not people playing in tournaments. It's not even people playing in charity scrambles or anything like that. It's buddies getting together, playing a match for bragging rights. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the essence of golf, you know? Um, so, so take us through, take us through the different courses uh, that you, you mentioned Shoal Creek. I believe you mentioned Sand Creek Station, which is awesome. Um, hoping I get to visit there this summer. We, uh, and, so the first three years we played at Shoal Creek uh-huh. and then we played Sand Creek uh, year four and then we went back to shoal for year five okay and then this year was at cowboys golf club okay so we played at three different places gotcha um now of the like i do this like these all obviously have some um all have like some kind of like meaning and sentiment sure even but um, um rank the courses yeah rank the places that you've been like first second third okay um so the year that we played sand creek it wasn't like in great shape um the first time I played, first couple times I played Sand Creek, it was early spring, and it was okay. pure because it hadn't been played a lot. Whenever we got there the last time, it had been played quite a bit. Um, so I, I think Sand Creek's number three on that list. Um, and then, man, that's tough. Um, to kind of, for people who don't know where Sand Creek is, I can see what you're talking about because – like that's in like central camp right yeah 
And so, like, Central Kansas in early spring, I mean, is a total crapshoot as conditions go. But in early spring, the course looked really good oh, okay. because it hadn't it hadn't been played a lot. I mean, gotcha. maybe it wasn't like early, early spring. It was the first year of birdies and Boyle with low side. So that was oh. this will be year four of that. OK. And we went up a day early and played Sand Creek. And it was, I mean, maybe late March, early April. Um somewhere right around there and i mean it was sick um i can't remember when we played our match there but it it wasn't in as good shape as it was before um so i'd put that at three man that's tough going between shoal and (laughs) cowboys golf club um off the cuff i'm gonna say shoal creek at number one uh Cowboys Golf Club at two, Sand Creek at three. Okay. What time of year did have you like the times you guys have gone to sh- time of the year was it? Uh typically summertime. I think we've done August, uh September and uh, I think it's typically like an August September trip. Okay. I I'm, I'm curious because like I don't know we've had this discussion I think before too and I know I certainly fall into this category where like the, the, when you go place, the weather can like really affect your experience as a whole. Uh, yeah. Like mystic in December, it was almost 80 degrees, which was insane for December. Uh, I will, I will still never forget that trip just because of, I mean, it was so warm and had been so warm for the week. Muto was waking up. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. And then, of course, like when, when Deacon and I went to North Carolina, I mean, it was frost delays, but the afternoons were just spectacular, you know, and and we got really lucky because February, it just two weeks before we went, they had a snowstorm. So it just as easily could have been that. Um, and so, you know, when you take when you take these kind of trips, um the, the, for me anyway, the weather seems to like it kind of factors into the experience. Um, but even still, you know, you take away, even if it's boiling hot, like it was for you guys, like your, your memories, which I'm going to let you tell yourself, your, your memories that come from this, um, like far outweigh negatives the weather might throw at you. So on that segue, describe, near the end how you how you guys close out this match yeah um and and to be honest with you i think playing in the heat that we played in um kind of made it more of a grind right i mean it it was uh, i think this is probably one of our better wins Mm -hmm. and this the the record for the match is now four and two um jeff and i having won four times to zach and tommy's two times sorry guys uh, and um, we, uh, yesterday we started calling him little brother, which is kind of fun, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like jokingly. Um, but between Jeff and I, we had six birdies yesterday. Um, I had four to Jeffrey's two, but Jeffrey's two were so timely that I mean, his two were far better than my four, I would say. Um, man. He, 
Jeff balled out yesterday. He hit some lengthy putts. I think, shoot, maybe three, three or four of our birdies were putts made from outside 25 feet. Oh, wow. So, I mean, we were rolling it well. The greens were lightning fast. The fairways were pretty forgiving, and the ball rolled a mile on them. Uh For, I mean, for instance, the first, um, the first hole is a par five. I went driver 50 degree into it. Um, And with the, as, as hot as it was, the ball was flying. Oh my gosh. The ball was juiced yesterday. Um, so yeah, we, we pull up to 16 and we stay one up. And uh, so we stay one up and then Zach goes par on 17, which puts the match back to all square. Uh-huh. And then so we, we were all square going into 18, which is a par five. Um Pretty short par five, really. Is on card says four ninety nine. Um, I think it, yeah, it had to have played right at, yeah, right at that. Um, so Zach and Tommy have the tee. Uh, Zach hits a towering draw off the right side bunkers. Uh, Tommy uh, just does what Tommy does and just <laughs> squeals one out left. Um, and earlier in the round, I, I told Jeff, I said, don't let me hit driver. I'd lost a couple drives, right. And just didn't feel comfortable with it. Wasn't confident with it. And I told Jeff, I said, don't let me swing driver to like, just don't let me do it. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and then I, I knew telling him that, that at some point in time, he was going to have to be the, be the bigger person and tell me not to do it. Yeah. And 18 is pretty wide, but I mean, heavy bunkers on the right got bunkers short left uh just watched tommy snap one but was in a good spot from where like where's ball ended up i mean still had a chance at birdie um i i i tell jeff i want to go driver jeff says absolutely not you're going three (laughs) iron and i said okay okay um kind of an elevated t um Pull three iron and just smooth like two fifty nine. Dang, uh, right in the middle of the fairway. I mean, it was an elevated tee, so I mean, two fifty nine is not nothing crazy, crazy. But I mean, it's That's, just right in the middle for me. Two fifty nine, like unless I'm playing on hard fairways and you know the weather's hot. That's just that just one idea like that. That's why like I well first of all. I, Love playing team golf with you, but second of all, because you know, my gosh, like you can put your driver in places I can't put three, I can't put my driver. So, um, yeah, any anyway, so Zach's like right center of fairway, Tommy snapped left. Um, I grabbed three iron, I couldn't walk out in the middle of the fairway and place the ball in a better spot, flat lie. Um, 
just right in the middle of the fairway, kind of a daunting neck shot. I can see maybe half the stick from where mm-hmm. I was. Um, heavy bunkers in front of the green. I think there was a bunker not like greenside left, but like short left. Um, Jeff's drive goes in between some bunkers. I, I would say just a smidge ahead of where I was. And uh, wait for Tommy to hit. He hits, advances it up into the fairway. And then Zach's ball is probably 30 yards in front of mine. Okay. Um, so at that point, I uh, got number to the stick, which was, I think, 232. And uh, it was a back pin. And Jeff and I started having the conversation. Okay, like, do I need to go at this and and do the dang thing, or do I need to lay up? And and Jeff was very big on, hey, this is match play. Anything can happen. You, uh, we've been playing with Zach all day. Like, we kind of know his game. Like, yeah, I think layup is like the higher percentage chance for us to win. Um, sat there, kicked it around for a second, Jeff ultimately ended up grabbing like his club and, and walking over to his ball. So, I mean, it was, it, it was my decision to make and yeah. I pulled three iron and I, I mean, I damn near almost blacked out. Just, I mean, just, <laughs> just forget, just forget anything that happened. The, I mean, the other 84 shots that I hit that other, what, 84, five shots I hit that day just forget anything that happened before that one and uh put one 25 feet from the pin on the green and uh felt really good um obviously I mean hitting into that is just insane and Jeff was going crazy whenever I did it (laughs) yeah I don't think he realized what I was going to do (laughs) yeah Um, and then Zach and Tommy were pretty hyped too because that's just a tough shot to hit and it applies so much pressure in match play and Zach goes up and he ends up going like short left of the green he probably had maybe 10 ish feet off the green so I mean he was putting through some fuzzy stuff to get to fringe to get to green right um like I said Tommy laid up uh Jeff was short and then went into the bunker. Um, so I have so does, 25 feet. I got to do it. So does, so does Zach not trust his, his chip like that? To be honest with you, I wouldn't have chipped it either. Oh, okay. Okay. I just the green, the green, the grass. No, the green. It, grass, it, I was like, okay. It, it wasn't like a fluffy lie, but it was like not fringe. Yeah. Um, but, he, I mean, he was putting into fringe, into green. Um, I to be honest with you, I one hundred percent would have putted it too. Just the way those greens were, I mean, yeah, he would have had to have hit like I mean, any one of us would have had to have hit the nippiest wedge short of a ridge, let it roll up and over, and get lucky. Yeah, yeah, I'm so a I, big I Texas think... wedge believer. Like I just to me, it's like that old adage that you know your your worst putts better than your worst chip. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I think he did 100% the right thing. Okay. Uh, didn't get it. Didn't get enough juice on it and was short of the ridge. Uh, so I saw that putt. Um, then Tommy, Tommy went 
and juiced his putt, which was for birdie. He got up and over the ridge and probably 10, 12 feet past the cup, 10 feet past the cup. Okay. Um, so I kind of saw like a little bit of speed there. Uh, Zach's in front of me. Uh, I knew that I had to get it up to the ridge and kill it at the top of the ridge. And it was going to fall back down right to left. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, just again, blackout putt up to the top of the ridge. And then it just starts leaking down right to left. Stopped about 14 inches shy of the cup. And uh, Zach has a putt for birdie. Let me see. One, two, three. Yeah, Zach has a birdie putt which he juiced and went up and over the ridge and ended up in ultimately about the same spot that Tommy was in. Mm. Uh, so I had the advantage just waiting and they both missed the par putts, both had tap ins for, uh, for bogey. And there it was, here's the match, go win it. Uh, 14 inch putt dead in the heart. And that was all she wrote. We won one up. That's awesome. And you, this, the way you described, Cowboys Golf Club too. Um, one of the things that really struck me that pulling in, you can't see any of the holes on the drive in, correct? Yeah, correct. And and from the parking lot, you can't see any of the holes. Okay. You know, it was crazy. Tell me that earlier today. I <laughs> you know, just to put this in context for everybody, this this the last three days I have I have spent installing a new hot water heater, and to do it, I had to clean it closet because the old hot water closet was inside the closet like deep inside um but i couldn't put the new one in that spot because the opening was so small um and uh when i was cleaning out my closet i found because i've got these things stashed all over the place i found um of golf holes and golf courses that I've done because I'm always like if I get bored I'm always doing this especially in bad like in the winter when it's cold and you can't get outside um, and it as I looked at all those and I thought back to ones that I've drawn over my whole life every single I think almost every single course I've drawn I've drawn where you can't see any of the holes from the drive into the course um, I just thought that mentioned that because like also just about every course that i draw has a magnolia lane type driveway um, <laughs> up to the clubhouse but like i i draw them with either like with a range on either side of the of the driveway or something but you can't see any of the holes um from the um like you have to be behind the clubhouse to see any of the golf course uh and uh it, you know what like I'm trying to think how, how like so many courses are different. I'm trying to like, we've never been to Southern Hills, but I think Southern Hills is like that. Like in the parking lot, you can't see, you can see the nine hole course coming in, but I don't think you can see any of the championship course. Um, Mystic, you can see the range. And I think you can see, uh, you can see one parking lot, but I mean, up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I just I think that's a cool design feature. The you know, uh, when golf the, courses build like that, where you can't like you have to be on the course to experience it. I think the only hole that you could see from a road, mm-hmm. unless you went into like a neighborhood, 
would be 18 because it, it, it it's off of a road, but it's not like close to a road. Okay. I mean, like, I mean, you're not going to hit a ball into the road. The now, way that we, the way that we drove in, we didn't see it. Now the, the this being Cowboys golf earlier, are the holes named like for famous team members or anything like that? So the, the holes weren't, but the golf carts were. The golf carts weren't numbered. Oh, they, okay. They had like players' names on them. That's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna That's send cool. you a. Uh, so I'm gonna send you a, um, a picture of 18 just from Ariel. Okay. Um, just so you can kind of have an idea of of what we were looking at. Okay. Um, okay. Any anything else on? Um, the 2022 match trip before we move on to uh us open week man it was a blast we had a great time uh looking forward to next year um yeah just try to extend the record again and you know keep winning nice okay all right well hopefully we have some stories like this to add in the coming weeks because uh you and i are in a tournament at mystic creek in july here in just a few weeks and then hopefully uh you and i and uh coach pear are in one at boiling springs in um in july in uh, late july which you know speaking of hot weather i don't see a favorable draw on on cooler weather <laughs> in southern arkansas or western oklahoma <laughs> in july so we we probably didn't pick the greatest geographical locations in the middle of summer although like i i do hope that i get some some decent weather um when, when hayden and i go to denver um because i i got her schedule today and she in pool play she only has two games a day and they're back and they're both in the morning so i'm like holy cow my whole afternoon like we can go check out a couple of golf courses i want to try out common ground um I tried to get some contact info to try to do an interview where Arnold Palmer won the U S open in 1960 and where the 2023 U S amateur is, but they don't need, they list no contact of any kind, no contact information or anything on their website. Wow. Um, yeah. It seems ultra private. Just, just going based off of that. Um, okay. So the week coming up, is the U.S. Open, the 122nd U.S. Open. It's at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. Uh, I always get amped for the U.S. Open. It's our national championship. However, there's a little bit of added drama this year in that these guys that have broken off from the PGA Tour and gone to the Live Tour, which is backed by the Saudi Arabian government, um, this is, for many of them, first foray back into an event with their former peers since breaking away. And when I say break away, like they have given up their membership. Um, Dustin Johnson has resigned his PGA tour membership. Kevin has resigned his PGA tour membership. Phil Mickelson has not, um, but this is his first event back. I think since the American express in the year, maybe since he may not have even been in that. This may be, his first event since the, the beginning of the year. Um, and it's <laughs> kind of an interesting thing the USGA has done. They have given him the very conference on Tuesday right out of the box. He's the first player that will face the media. Um, so that should be 
to say the least. Yeah, no uh, joke. And he's uh, undergone, um, this is the kind of the it word right now, a, a historic renovation. Uh, was the host of the 99 uh, Ryder Cup, where the United States came back. Miss Justin Leonard put on the 17th hole. The horrible shirts, you know. If you, if you've been around, shirts. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the first Ryder Cup I remember watching. I watched a little bit in 97 because that was a big deal because it was Tiger's first Ryder Cup, but we got smoked in Spain that year. Um, the uh, Brookline also hosted 1989 U.S. Open, uh, which I believe Curtis Strange won. Um, also, also hosted the 1913 Francis We Met. That's right. That's good job, Cody, on remembering that one. Um, great story for golfers that don't know this unknown Francis We Met amateur, I believe. Yeah, he was an at amateur. At the time, yeah. His caddy was like a 12 year old kid or a 10 year old kid, something like that. Yeah, like out of school. Yeah. And, um, Anyway, he beat some of the world's best golfers, which at the time were like professionals from uh, from England and Great Britain. Uh, great story. In fact, this is called the greatest game ever played. And, and I will uh, be watching that tonight. I was going to say, like, go and watch that. Uh, great stuff. Like this is one of those this, those great historic courses with a lot of champions. I'm looking forward to it just because. Like, I don't really remember anything about the course from 99. And that, that's what's funny. Like, when I look back on um, events that I watched growing up, I never, the Masters, I never really paid that much attention to the course. Um, the tournament, I can remember paying attention to the course, real, like real close attention, was Beth Page in, um, in, um, in 02. A big deal had been made about it being a municipal course and the work that had been done on it. It's an A.W. Tillinghast design, also, by the way, designed Wingfoot, also, by the way, designed Tulsa Country Club. Um, so that was there was just a lot of lore that centered around of the locals connection to the course and sleeping in your car in the parking lot. Tea time, And of course, the sign on the first tee. that the, the, the warning sign that everyone's become familiar with. And now Beth Page has become like a staple in tournament golf, not just for the U.S. Open, but the PBA, the Ryder Cup, is going to be there in 2025. Um, I believe it hosted one of the PGA Tour, uh, one of the FedEx Cup playoff events, maybe in the BMW or one of the Northern Trust. One of those, I think, was hosted at Beth Page a couple of years ago. Um, so anyway, just kind of cool to see um, what's happened with that. Uh, I have, I if, if you want more content on, uh, the country club and, and some background on that. There's great stuff by the fried egg. There's great stuff to go. Um, by the way, plug other people's stuff, but I don't care. It's not like we're really in competition with anybody, but um, there is really great content out there. Series from the fried egg on um, us open course and how those came to be for like the, the 20th century and uh, Robert Trent Jones and Reese Jones and how they came to be known as the open doctors. I can remember hearing that term growing up because these guys would be hired to go in and grow the rough up, redesign it, change the par fives to par fours, um, stuff like that to 
this is you and I had this conversation back when we talked about the majors, how the U.S. Open for a while got into this. You got to have tall rough. You got to have narrow fairways. Um, you got to make it rock hard. You got to push the course to the brink of destruction in order to have because they're trying to defend par. And they've yeah. kind of gotten away from that uh, in recent years. You look at what they've done with certain courses like like Pinehurst. They don't change anything about Pinehurst Chambers Bay in 2015 which I hope they go back there someday because it's gotten a bad rap because of the greens in 2015 but there's there's almost no rough at Chambers Bay you know um and they didn't try to mess with that one either Oakmont I mean always open ready so they really think of that um but I look at I look at courses like that and of course Pinehurst in a couple of years and uh, I like that they've gotten away from that, you know, from the, uh, hey, let's let's put all the penalties and all of the, the penal aspects of the course on steroids and just punish the players for four days straight. Now, not to say that you and I don't enjoy seeing the best players in the world embarrassed because they clear our affinity for that. Um, just go back and listen to our players' championship um, <laughs> recap and how much we enjoyed the carnage of the weekend when the – the wind and the cool weather picked up. Um, but anyway, so yeah, U.S. Open. Uh, like I said, it's going to be the first first time some of those live guys come back now, which, by the way, like, you know, we said this before, we don't want to give really any more credit than we have to um, to what's going on. But I will say this, I, you know, we and I were talking earlier and I didn't really watch that much of, I haven't watched that much golf, hardly I did watch like bits and pieces, one or two minutes at a time, three or four times of the live broadcast. And I have to say, I hope that CBS, NBC take some pointers because there are some things they could learn from the broadcast. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar or you're like, hey, why can't? The PGA Tour do more things like this that are commercial free. Well, listen, there's a reason the live was commercial free on YouTube and on their website. And it's because it has no sponsors, not sponsors. Ask yourself that question. It's because there are no corporations that want to be associated with sponsoring a tour run by the South. So there's that too. And I, you know, we're not going to get into the moral high ground aspects, because we've covered that in a previous pod. And like I said, I don't need to give this whole clown show any more um, airtime than it's already gotten across the, across social media and everything. Anyway, it will be interesting to watch this going forward because I don't know about you. I don't know how much of it you saw this last week and followed in, into the, but I don't think there's any turning back at this point. Like, I don't think, I think professional golf will look very different a year from now. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And one thing, I mean, if you think about it this way, a rising tide raises all boats, Uh right? So maybe this will force the PGA's hand to kind of do some things a little differently that maybe they should have done before it got to this point. Right. So, yeah. There's DJ Pye makes a great analogy when – describes it this way and that is the pga tour always kind of counted on the fact that nobody else would come along and try this 
And then if they did, they could just threaten with suspension or a lifetime or whatever, because the PGA Tour never imagined someone with bottomless pockets coming in and funding something like this. And so the, he likens it to the scene in Dumb and Dumber where, uh, you know, the, the, the sacrificial lamb and the guy shoots him, but he's wearing a bulletproof vest. And when they figure all this out and they come that the FBI come in and arrest the guy and Jim Carrey says, what do you shot you in the head? Yeah. (laughs) And that's exactly what has happened to the tour. It's like, what if they shot you in the face? Like, and I go, go listen to, for you guys that don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to some of no laying ups, uh, pods, which they did several this week, trying to keep up with all the, the changes day to day and the live versus PGA tour stuff. But, that's basically what it's been is that the PGA tour has been caught with their pants down uh, and they, they have had at least two years to see this coming and had no game plan whatsoever. That's what ticks me off about this. And if I were the players that are still with the tour, if I and Spieth and James, I would be demanding answers. I almost to the point where I would be like, you know what? Jay Monahan, who by the way is the commissioner of the PJ Tour, it's been it's been real, but like you're done. Like th- this is you've been banking on the fact that you could suspend these guys, but they beat him to it. They quit. It's like, dude, you can't fire me. I quit. Yeah. So now what do you do? And if you go and you look at the bylaws of the PJ Tour bylaws, anybody can resign their membership. You just lose your status. Okay. All they have to do is qualify some way to come back on tour like or um they (laughs) if they win a major a lot of these guys have major exemptions on pga tour events like like the players like what's going to happen when we come to the players next year and one of the um one of the qualifications is which i know one of them is is like master for the last five years that's going to include dustin johnson yeah that's going to include patrick Reed. 2018 um last thing i'll say about this if the players on tour really pull the wagons and pull out the big guns like i think they should make a play for tiger to be the and have Tiger throw his full weight because he has made it clear he's not leaving. These guys offered him almost a billion dollars. A billion dollars, which, by the way, is a ton of money. But if you want to know drop in the bucket, that is. I did the math the other day. It's 0.16% of the entire public investment fund of Saudi Arabia. Wow. Yeah. 0.16%. Sheesh. Yeah. That's what they, that's reportedly what they offered Tiger Woods to join Liv and he turned him down. So seeing that loyalty there, if I were the players, I would say, Monahan, dude, thanks a lot, but, you know, we're going to give you an office job somewhere in the tour where you can't cause any more damage. And then I would go to Tiger. If I was the policy board, I would go to Tiger and be like, listen, once you, next five years, put your face on it. We're totally behind you. We give you carte blanche to do whatever you want. Um, we need we need ideas and and they need someone that's as cutthroat as Tiger is. 
that's what they need right now. The killer instinct. And I think the only person that can pull it off is Tiger. That's 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 my two cents. So I think that's fair. Anyway. Um okay. Uh moving on before we uh we're gonna start a new feature to the pod. It's not really gonna change the pod, it's just gonna have like a kind of a subtitle to it when we do it. Kind of like our on-site um pods that we do when we were at Springs and when Deke and I were at Pine Needles, uh, which by the way cool to watch the US Women's Open there. I, I I desperately wanted to do a Pine Needles preview and my schedule just would not allow it. And I hate that because like that's one of the things we were looking forward to when we were there back in February. And it's also because they're saying that this may be the last time the US Women's Open because of the the change in direction that is going with the courses. If you look at the next few years, like it's it's big time, big name pedigree course. Even though Pine Needles has hosted more U.S. Women's Open than any other course, uh, like I said, you look at where they're going, Marion and Pebble Beach and um, other places. They, they you know they may not, and Pinehurst, which is five minutes away, they may not be, which is unfortunate. But you know it, it was cool while it lasted. Um, this new feature kind of subtitle part of the pod that we're hoping to feature um, in the next few weeks because there's there's some, some Sundays where we can't do anything live. And so we kind of hope to have some stuff, um, some stuff in the um, to, to bring you guys. And that is um, some features on some of our favorite courses. For example, a few months ago, I wrote an article um, about Sycamore Springs that's posted on the Noah Farms blog. Um, we put it in the county paper here. And what was really cool was um, when we went out there for the series, they had cut it out and put it up on the bulletin board. I thought that was cool. And it's still there. So that, um, but we'll, you know, something like that. What I'll probably do is just kind of go from that with that one, because um, the more time I spend at Sycamore Springs lately, volunteering and mowing and, and stuff like that, the more appreciation I have for that place. And And Cody, you said it really well when we were there back in March about how good the bones of that place are um, and the design and the routing. I mean, for a nine hole little backwoods public course, it's not bad. It's pretty cool. Um, Absolutely. Haunting on the conditioning side, but that's, I mean, what public course isn't. Uh, like hopefully like sharing stories like that, like Cody stories about Cowboys, uh, about Sand Creek, Soul Creek. Um Stories about uh, Broken Arrow Golf and Athletic Club, where he's a member. Stories about um, where else have we been? Before, some of the Perry Maxwell places. We'll for sure do one when we go to Hard Scrabble. That's going to be that's going to be when we go to Hard Scrabble. Um, Man, that. Yeah, I I would like to do one also. The short course at at Big Cedar, uh, by Brown. Uh, Mystic Creek. Hopefully, we can do uh, on that one. But these are ones that we can pre-record uh, and have. In- and ready to go on Sundays where we um, where we can't do one live, and that way um, we're not leaving you guys uh, without something to catch up on and live uh, on those particular Sundays. Uh, anyway, any anything else we got going on in the golf world, personal or otherwise? Man, I can't wait to to play Hard Scrabble again. I played it in September of 2019. Did you really? Yeah. Yep. Uh, played awesome. September of 2019. It is a freaking Perry Maxwell gym. It is 
very i mean look at the map from above oh yeah you go out you go out and you come back in less than like 50 yards <laughs> and i think i mean it's very much a yeah we're like um first tee 10th tee 9th green 18th green are all right there together if i if i yeah. if i remember right from the aerial yep. views um yep. no, and that's and this thing like i think from the tips it's only 6700 yards but it looks daunting it is the there's not an, not an even lie out there um is the greens are phenomenal uh, i mean up until a couple of years ago they had a corn ferry event out there yeah every year so that's cool um yeah just a really cool property it's one of those that you can't i mean unless you're over in the neighborhood and even then you can't even really tell there's a golf course there um but we are really excited we're really appreciative of of like i said burton the head pro um email was really cool to set up um, a date out there to, to go out there and check it out to interview him so we're looking forward to that um hopefully here in the coming weeks uh squaring that away and then doing some more like this like muskogee country club we're really big if you in case you can't tell maxwell courses and so um would really like to do this one at like muskogee um go back to buffalo rock and and play it at a leisurely pace, you know, and without some jokers yakking at Cody about how he doesn't know how to work. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I'd forgotten about that for just a minute. For just and, a minute. And, I'd forgotten about that. And hey maybe buddy, talk. that's not how you play the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Basically see. saying you, you don't know how to add. Um, so anyway, yeah. And, and hopefully talking with some folks out there and, uh, there's some, there's pretty. I would like to do this with Dornick too. You know, yeah, set up say, a, Pro at Dornick. Uh, go see that since it's restoration. That's a Gil Hans too. I think it's either Gil or Tom Doak. I think it's. I think it's Hans. I'm not for sure. Yeah, I can, I think it is too. Um, I, I just a lot of places that um do and and of course um. Boiling Springs, another one of those. There's a lot of courses that we could do. And and the cool thing is, is that we can, you know, record those on our own time and put them together and then have them like queue, uh, ready to uh, go for you guys. Doke did Dornick. Okay. Okay. I couldn't remember which one, which I didn't, I didn't realize this. I was listening to an interview with Gil Hans the other day. Hans worked for Doke until he started his own, um, still he, until he started his own design firm. That makes sense. So, uh, for you guys that are not as nerdy as we are about course architects and architecture, um, these are guys like spend some time, get your like hole, you know, study guys like Gil Hans, Perry Maxwell, Tom Doak. Perry Maxwell's an old guy, yeah. um, but like just some some ones I would newer guys would be like Rob Collins um, and King Collins, Gil, Tom Doak, older guy be like. Perry Maxwell, Alistair McKenzie, Donald Ross, uh, Marion Hollins, who helped Alistair McKenzie design tempo, Gosh, uh, courses like that. Yeah, so a a Tillinghast, who you know did Bethpage, Wingfoot, Tulsa Country Club, people like that. Those are those are people really worth looking up. PerryMaxwellArchive.com. You can get Insane lost in that website. website. Oh, all yes, you can. Good. 
It's so good. The, the, the vintage aerials are so good. Um, especially when you compare them to Google maps today, my favorite to look at is Cherokee Hills and how that's changed over the years. Uh, and, and it. like for reference, like Cody got to like messaged and got the head pro or the superintendent, somebody in Cherokee, and they walked you through like, cause we'd spent months trying to figure out what the routing used to be, how it was before everything up. And he explained all that and, and, sense of that routing and we've been talking about how one of these days we want to go out and play the original routing instead of the current routing and so we get an idea of what how it used to play um anyway uh what else before we uh hop off here tonight Is that it i think that's all i have all right uh, like you guys message us the golf course playing right now the ones you like message us what's in the bag um it's funny my was really steady for like 10 years and now i have changed up just about my bag in the last six months trying to find what works and i think i'm finally there i love my driver i know that um cody fixed my putty and i'm super confident in that area of my game now uh that is worth a video pod someday you explaining to people it's supposed to work as far as how balanced and weighted and all that um, yeah. That or a YouTube video or something because that was that opened my eyes. We can totally do that. Uh, speaking of very very wild, um, Royal Payne, who makes my or who made my putter right out of Stillwater, made a blade putter, which are historically toe hang putters uh-huh. with a swan neck, and really? it's a it's a face balanced blade putter i just saw him post about it today and i about fell over when i saw it because there's no holy cow but it is it's a thing of beauty that's cool yeah with it but Um, it's sweet before i forget i have to mention i've got to give i've got to give her shout out we started a church league night at six springs it was the first night we had it's it's two it's pairs we play scram. Um, I when I scheduled the start of it that Deacon was going to be gone. He was gone to for summer at OBU. So just off the cuff, I was like, "Hey, do you want to go?" She's like, "Yeah." So she went, and we got out there. She helped me get car, you know, lined up for people that needed to rent them. Um, Sycamore Springs was awesome to let us use it because the course is closed on Mondays, but that meant that there was, you know, we didn't have. To Anyway, that's beside. Um, I told Ainsley, I said, "Hey, you can, you can, can place, and you can chip and putt, so we get two two cracks at this every time. Otherwise, it's just going to be me playing a scramble by myself, and that's you know, and I only get one mulligan to use during the round. Um, and we play nine holes. We came around to we started on seven. We came around to one. I had a like a fifty and things that I'm still trying to to work my new putting stroke that you've got me on is like I'm really bad about on the way through the putter dragging the ground uh, and uh, like totally taking all of the speed out of the putter head so it just leaves putts woefully short what happened with this 50 footer not to mention the greens are really hard to judge out there Um, they're really 
and they're not exactly true. They have their days, but anyway. Um, and so this putt, came, not lying, came up three feet short. There, like my putter, the the bottom of the putter dragged the ground so bad coming through, like it just took all of the momentum out of the putter. It gets up there, also using my putter, you know, which is she hits it. And as soon as she hits it, I'm standing behind the hole. I'm like, holy crap, this is tracking. This is tracking. <laughs> Everybody's losing their mind. And it's tracking, tracking, tracking. It stops through to the left. Like, it just, it just bounced offline because of those bumpy greens at the last minute. And she totally saved us a par um, with that because it was a tap-in par. Um I was like, holy cow, Ainsley, you just, you took, like, pulled your weight. That one right there, like, you earned your keep tonight. It was so cool because she was super happy about it. And then she took this incredible picture as I teed off on two. I was, I was going to talk about that picture. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like, she took this picture behind me. She got it right at the top of my backswing. Uh, it was such a cool the shot like I it drifted right on me and we went OB and made a sit on that hole. Um but the picture was awesome. I was and she took a lot of good pictures that night, which I was thankful for because stuff like that I almost always um like when we went to Mystic I think I took five pictures total because I get so but yeah Ainsley, Ainsley good Monday night and like I said our next one is tomorrow night and Deacon's back so um We'll see how that goes. So anyway, the picture, there's a very cool shadow happening in that. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got got some, you got something going on there. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little like metaphysical slash creepy. Uh, A little bit, but I mean, it's super awesome. It is cool. It is really worked and she took it with the phone i mean it, it wasn't like it wasn't like any fancy camera just she just snapped it at just the right it's really neat i'd, uh, I'd have to back up and look at it again because it's so yeah. freaking cool uh, i'll have to put it on the 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 sunday stroll uh twitter and instagram so everybody can see what we're talking about um all right well uh that's uh until next week cody how many days until the masters oh man you caught me off guard it's what april 13th uh <laughs> hold on i wasn't even i completely free one more thing Here, let's I add it up okay go ahead let's i'll add I, it up while you're doing that i hate college baseball i get way too emotionally invested into it it freaking sucks <laughs> it was it was a little wild in the stillwater region a little <laughs> november december January, February, March, and then when does the Masters start? April 3rd is the Monday. The Monday? 295 days. Hey, we're... Yeah. Yeah. All right. It sucks. God, it sucks. Well, there you go. In the meantime, you can always go to the Masters website of their YouTube channel and check it out. I was actually on the USGA On Demand app on my Roku yesterday rewatching 15 U.S. Open because I love Chambers Bay uh, and I love that round. So, all right. Well, you guys have a great week and uh, we will, we'll see you next time. See you guys.